Good morning once again and welcome. My name is Craig. I am the senior pastor and it is our privilege to have you with us this morning here on this third Sunday of Advent. If you have your Bible, we are going to turn right back to Isaiah where the Udi's just read from. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 9. So if you can't find it, don't worry, don't fret. We're going to get you there pretty easy. Just sort of turn to the middle of your Bible. If you get to the Psalms, keep going and you'll find yourself in Isaiah. If you get to Jeremiah, you've gone a little too far. Okay, it's in the Old Testament. Isaiah was a royal prophet who prophesied in the court of the king. Isaiah was very different than many of the other prophets. Jeremiah, for instance, was an outcast and found himself uh, doing horrible things, burying his underwear by the river and things like that that God called him to do. And Isaiah got to do his ministry in the palace. Folks, we all are called to different tasks, but each task to which we've been called is a task that matters and one that we should give our attention and effort to. Uh, just a couple of announcements I'd like to mention. We're just one as we uh, as you're turning this morning. We do have next steps class this afternoon. If you have visited with us once or a hundred times, but you've never been a part of our next steps class, if you're interested in what it would look like to join our church, um, please come join me at four o'clock this afternoon. Uh, I will meet you right here in the sanctuary, and then from here we're just going to go right there in that, that classroom right behind us there. But uh, uh, I would love to have you meet with me this afternoon at 4 o'clock uh, as we just kind of talk about there, what, what the next steps would be for you at Malvern Hill. By showing up this afternoon, there's, there's no long-term commitment, right? It's just a, a fact-finding mission for you. So I hope that you will be with me this afternoon if you've got interest in what it would look like to take your next steps here at Malvern Hill. All right, hopefully you made it there in your Bible or maybe on your electronic device. I'm going to ask you to stand with me in honor of God's Word. Isaiah chapter 9, beginning in verse 2, and we're going to read verses 2 through 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over His kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Let's pray together. Father God in heaven, You are mighty and powerful to save. Father God, I pray that you would move among us this morning, that your word would come alive in our hearing, that Father God, it would, it would set a fire in our hearts, that Father God, as much as anything, that it would give us the joy that is found only in Christ. Be with us, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Where were you a thousand days ago? Think about that. Where were you? Close your eyes. Think way back. Anybody? I remember exactly where I was a thousand days ago. A thousand days ago, this 
is how my journal entry began on that day. Today I will preach to cameras. March 15th of 2020 was 1,000 days ago. March 15th of 2020 was the beginning of some challenging and difficult days. For many folks, it was the beginning of dark days. There was loneliness, sickness, separation, and death. Here, we ceased gathering together for a period of a few weeks as we kind of caught our breath and figured out how we would make things work and happen. 2020 was a dark, hard, challenging year. What began as lockdowns in March, by the way, my journal went on to say that I'm concerned for my people as they will be separated for two weeks. <laughs> how much did I know? 2020 was, was challenging. And what began as lockdowns in March progressed into struggle all the way into December of that year. There's a reason why in my family we continue to be crazy busy in December. And I try not to complain about it anymore. And the reason is because I remember sitting at home in December of 2020 and going, this is the day we were supposed to be doing whatever that thing is. And this is the day we're supposed to be doing this. And this is the night we're supposed to be doing that. And there were multiple times I looked at Angela and I said, we are so unbusy and that is nice, but I miss the things of Christmas. What we understood, what we could really wrestle with and appreciate was that there was, there was something great to be found. There was joy in gathering with people on a regular basis. That even though it was busy, it brought something that mattered. Connections and relationships. If you spent some time working through our Home for the Holidays devotion, you've read what I wrote there. As December of 2020 approached, it seemed like everything that could go wrong had gone wrong. Riots, elections, racial strife, and COVID. Even the Grinch could not have dreamed up a better scheme. But Christmas came anyway. You know, it didn't much matter what was happening in our lives. Christmas still arrives. And Christmas still arrives today because Christmas still arrived 2,000 years ago. There was an effort on the part of, of Satan and others to keep the Christ child from arriving. And yet God had a greater plan. Christmas still comes. And just as it came then, it still comes Today, the darkness cannot overcome the light of Christ. There was joy on that very first Christmas. And today I want you to know that this Christmas, there can be joy in your life. You can experience joy today because Jesus Christ absolutely is enough for you. There's three things I would like for you to see in this passage of Scripture that I think are powerful reminders of how it is that we can experience joy right here at Christmas. The first thing we see in this passage of Scripture is the light has shone. The light has shone. Did any of y'all watch the kids as they walked by this morning? Y'all make sure. We got two more Sundays, okay? We got this Sunday, next Sunday, and then Christmas Sunday, as well as some other things interspersed. But you have two more Sundays when you're going to be able to see. Watch the kids when they walk by. 
It's fantastic. There's like a million of them. By the way, we, we have a bunch of kids that are away at camp this morning. So if it looked like we were, it didn't look like we were missing any because it's still a nightmare of, of a herd that walks through, right? But we have a bunch of kids who are away at camp this morning. We'll be back. Parents, listen to me. If your child is away at camp, they'll be back when you get out of here. Don't leave without them, okay? <laughs> Our children's workers have had all of them they want, okay? They take them home, wash them, and put them to bed or whatever you're going to do. But watch the kids as they walk by. This is what their eyes do. They just go. Like from the day, down here in the floor, I know y'all can't find me on the cameras, I'm sorry, but they all walk by and they walk like this. There's something about the light that just grabs them, these flickering candles that just grab their attention. Folks, I, I want us to be reminded this morning that the light has shone. Don't miss it. The, Isaiah wrote 700 years before the birth of Christ. Maybe 750 years before the birth of Christ that Isaiah wrote. And he prophesied here in, in the, the chapter prior to this of a coming Assyrian invasion. And what he says to these people is things are fixing to get really, really bad. But even though there is going to be dark days ahead, there will be these dark moments and times, he promised them that there would still be a future and a hope. He promised them that the darkness would not last forever. And to you I say today that the darkness will not last forever. As a matter of fact, the darkness doesn't have to last in your life past today. Let me encourage you this morning. You do not have to dwell in dark places. You don't have to stay there. You can walk out. Isaiah's prophecy finds its ultimate fulfillment in Jesus Christ. And Jesus came to bring light into the darkness. You can have hope. You can have light. Christ has come, and because Christ has come, you can have joy. Y'all, when you find yourself in those dark, scary places, let me encourage you, don't live there, right? Just because you found yourself there doesn't mean you have to stay there. You can walk past it. Watch this. You can look at the light that has come. You can look to this light. Seriously. Look. Look. So many of us find ourselves living in the midst of our darkness. Of our depression. Of our fear. And we're living there primarily because we refuse to lift our eyes and look beyond the horizon. We're like a child who sticks their fingers in their ears and refuses to get over their temper tantrum sometimes, right? Y'all ever had that child It's like, hey, you don't have to be mad. No, I'm going to be mad. Some of y'all ladies are married to a man like that, right? No, I'm pitching a fit today and I'm going to do it. You shouldn't have looked at your husbands when I said that, y'all. That is not fair. It is not okay. He didn't stare at you. Don't do that. But seriously, look, this morning I woke up and, and I took time. I was early, which was wonderful. I woke up, I got ready, went downstairs, sat on our couch, read the Bible, um, uh, journaled, had a really good morning. But I, I spent a few minutes just sort of staring. Angela decorates our home wonderfully for Christmas. There's Christmas trees and Christmas lights everywhere. And, and I was able to sit on our couch this morning and just to stare there at the, the, the lights on the tree to, to sort of look there. 
When's the last time that you stopped and you just looked at the light? Now, when I speak of the Christmas lights, I hope that you'll find some of those beautiful ones to stare at. Maybe there's a candle in your home or a Christmas tree. But even beyond that, I want you to take time to stare at the light that is Jesus Christ. To lift your eyes beyond the horizon. Psalm 121 says, I lift my eyes into the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. When's the last time that you lifted your eyes out of the valley? You lifted your eyes up into the hills to look for the Lord who was coming. Folks, we can find ourselves down in our dark places and we refuse to look up. Y'all don't know how hard I'm having to resist the temptation to jump up and down right now and just scream, look up! Look up! Why would you wallow in your (coughs) self-pity? If you can get me something to drink, I'd appreciate it. Y'all saw me looking for anybody. Mike Barwick, the savior of the world. Um, Thank you, Mike. Sorry, it's catching, I guess. But I mean, seriously, I want to encourage you to look. Folks, we live in a cultural moment that is weird. Okay? It, it, It really is weird. And, and, and the weird thing about our cultural moment, like we've, we've sort of always said it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way, right? Y'all, y'all kind of heard that saying? We live in a cultural moment that is sort of, you are awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. We live in this. Thank you so much. We live in this cultural moment that is sort of embraced the idea of, of, of depression and anxiety and struggle. It got really quiet in here. And I'm, I'm afraid that it got really quiet because this really hits a chord. Listen to me, please. We can't embrace these as identities. Our identity has to be rooted in Jesus Christ. You may be a person who battles depression, but having regular meetings with your therapist each week is not a badge of honor. We've got to lift our eyes to the hills and see the hope and the joy that is found in Jesus Christ. Look for the light. Look for the light. I don't really care what social media says to you. We've got to rise beyond this. This is, this is difficult because there are maybe some of you here today for whom your social circle is made up of those who identify with the sort of depressive mindset that you have. And it can be scary to find joy and hope because you know that if you find joy and hope and if you get your life figured out and working in the right direction, what you know is that you may very well lose those relationships. God has called you to more. God's gifted you with more. Find joy this holiday season. Find it. Jesus offers it to you. The light has come. Look upon it. Find hope. 
The second thing this morning, so the light has come. The second thing, the Son has been given. The Son of God has been given. There's nothing like the birth of a child to bring joy. We've had a couple of children born in our church in just the past couple of months. There have been tears of joy that have been shared. I, I love it when these moms bring their babies to church for like the first time. Listen, y'all, y'all, let, let me coach y'all up a little bit, by the way. When that child is in a baby carrier, they have that in that carrier so that you won't ask to pick the baby up. All right? Don't ask to pick the baby up. Right? There's more flu going around than I don't. Just don't. Look at them from afar. Right? If you need to touch them, touch their little toe and then walk away. Leave the baby alone. Celebrate the baby. You'll get to hold it one day. And if you really want to hold the baby, volunteer for the nursery. We desperately need you. Okay? We desperately need you. But man, these little babies come through and everybody just sort of, it's like a magnet, right? Everybody's right there staring. The little baby, we had to meet one of our new ones last night for the very first time. And I mean, I'm just, I, I'm like a grandpa with these kids. Uh, they are kids to me that are having these babies now. And I'm just like, yes, I love them. And then I get to send them home and it's so wonderful. There's nothing like the birth of a child to bring joy. In fact, The pink candle that was lit this morning traditionally has been used to represent Mary. So that when we speak of the joy of Christmas, there's a a reminder here that there was a unique joy that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was able to experience as she gave birth to Jesus Christ. Let me encourage you this morning. Find joy in the birth of Christ. Let me me say it this way. Find joy in the birth of Christ. Try to reflect and remember the capture, the excitement of Christ's birth. For those of you that are parents, you can remember when your first child was born. The fear and the joy and all those things wrapped up together. You can remember what it's like to be so terrified and yet to look at that little child as afraid as you might be and still to find joy in that moment, overwhelming joy. Find joy in the birth of Christ. Try to capture that sort of innocence. But what if all you ever did was be born? Wouldn't that be something? Like, I was born on February the 3rd. That's my birthday. Y'all can write it down if you'd like to give me presents. Um, but February 3rd is my birthday. What if the only thing anybody could ever say about Craig Thompson is that he was born? Well, great job. You know what? I didn't do anything for that, right? I just kind of showed up in the world. Jesus did more than be born. Jesus was more than a birth. So find joy in the birth of Christ. But let me encourage you, find rescue in the cross of Christ. See... The birth of Jesus matters in large part because of the death of Jesus Christ. There's hope to be found because on the cross of of Calvary, Jesus died the death that you and I deserved. He took your sin and shame there. He died to set you free. Here at Christmas, there's joy to be found in the forgiveness of your sin that Jesus secured on the cross. I want you to find joy in the birth of Jesus, but I want you to reflect upon the hope that you have in the cross of Jesus Christ. Hope that you and I who are sinful and unlovable could be loved anyway. This is the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. So there's joy in the birth, there's rescue in the cross, then watch this, there's hope in an empty tomb. 
There's hope in an empty tomb. You know, it's dark this time of year. Now, I, I, I love the time change. I know that some of y'all are those people that want to embrace, you know, year-round uh, daylight savings time. That's sinful. Y'all just need to understand. Um, it's sinful. Uh, y'all need to get out of bed in the mornings and you have plenty of daylight. See, that's the problem. Y'all like to sleep till 1030 and then, you know. But no, the rest of us that are working on God's time, um, as I like to refer to it, uh, I mean, y'all can say what you want. I mean, I'm just saying, like, you can line it up with the sunshine. We're on God's time today. They don't call it daylight savings time. Look, what are, there's a pseudo-savior mentality right there. Y'all see that, that messianic complex? They want to save the daylight. It doesn't need to be saved. God created it. We're good to go. Some of y'all can't keep up. Y'all got to work. I know we're talking at deep levels, but y'all going to get this later. Okay, but I, I, I love the time change. I, 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 don't, I don't like it, especially this time of year. I, I don't like for the daylight to creep out to like 9.30 at night. If I shoot a deer, I want to get that thing to a processor and get home before midnight. You know, that, those are the things that matter to me in life. Um, and then I like to wake up and see the sun before 9 o'clock. doesn't really matter. I'm just sorry. That has absolutely nothing to do with my sermon. Um, except to say it can be dark this time of year, though. The days get short. We're about a week away from the shortest day of the year. And the days get really, really short during this time of year. And in this darkness, it can be really depressing. The feelings of hopelessness around the holidays can be intensified for some folks. right? Because in the middle of the darkness, some of you also just experience that, that, those feelings of loss. I, I, I want you, this Christmas season... Especially if you struggle. I want you to look not just to the manger. I want you to look to the empty tomb. See, I don't know if some of you imagine the empty tomb the way that I do. But let me encourage you. Because for me, when I imagine the empty tomb, I always imagine it with these angels walking out of it. That these glorious, magnificent, fiery Angels of God exploding like lightning out of the empty tomb. In my mind, the empty tomb always looks like a cheesy 1980s church theatrical performance. The tomb's glowing every single time. And the reason for me it's glowing is because I'm reminded that the light of the world has exploded out of the darkness of death. And then with it, he brought hope and joy. This Christmas, I want you to be reminded that Jesus died and rose again. And if he can overcome death, hell, sin, and the grave, then listen to me. He can pull you out of your depression. He can pull you out of your hopelessness. He can deliver you from your hurt and your pain. Folks, he can rescue you from the meaninglessness that we find in the material world around us. He can give you real purpose and real meaning in life. And folks, there you can find joy, even in the darkest of days. I urge you this morning, be reminded that the Son has been given. You didn't earn it. This morning, for those of you that work through our sermon-driven curriculum in your life groups, you talked a lot about love. And, and, and one of the things that 
if we get a real firm grasp of what love really is, and if we have any degree of self-awareness, then we, we understand pretty quickly not only that we don't deserve God's love because we are sinful, folks, we also begin to understand that we really don't deserve the love of our parents, the love of our children, the love of our spouses, that so often we act, we live, we behave in such a way that if we got what we deserved, it certainly wouldn't be love and joy and commitment. And yet we've been given it anyway. It's a gift to be given. We can't ever earn it. So I urge you this morning to be reminded that the Son has been given. And because He was given, there's joy in the birth of Christ. There's rescue in the cross and there's hope in an empty tomb. Third this morning, I want you to be reminded not only that the light has shone and the sun has been given. I want you to be reminded that the reign of Christ is supreme. The reign of Christ is supreme. Imagine a person who never lets you down. Imagine that. Good luck, right? Do you even know somebody who's never let you down? God is the Father who will never fail you. He is the Father who will never fail you. Dads, listen to me. He's the Father we are striving to be, but we never can quite get there. Fathers, listen. This is why it is so imperative that we give our children all access to their Heavenly Father. Because they need a Father who won't let them down. Listen, dads, you're going to mess up just like I do. We're going to make a mistake. We're going to lose our temper. We're going to do something we wish we had not done. Their heavenly father will never, ever let them down, even as he has never let you down. If you've had a bad experience with your dad... See, this is actually one of the really hard parts, isn't it? That as I speak to this, there are some of you that don't have the experience I had. Some of you didn't know your dad. I mean, I, I, some, some of you never did. Some of you did and you wished you hadn't. Some of you grew up in a home where you were abused or, 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 or the man of your house did not accept the responsibility to be the man. He was, he was perhaps passive and did nothing or he was, he was an angry tyrant. God's the father that you always wanted and the one you always need. I want you to know that this morning. Like that longing in your heart for a father can be filled with Christ. Let me tell you something else amazing that God's done. Because Jesus has given us his church, not only does he feel the longing in our hearts, watch. He's put you into a church, you ready for the word? Family. For some of you have been able to find that earthly father figure that you could not have at home. Some of you have been able to find that maternal woman that did not exist in your 
home. God's good gift to you has been not only to fill that spiritual void, but to put you into a place where you could also experience the filling of that physical and relational void. What a gift. I got to say this part. Dads, listen to me. It's not too late. The motto of our great state is, while we breathe, we hope. Some of you dads have been good for nothing. You've failed at home. You might have won at work. You may have won on a field somewhere, but you have failed at home. Your children don't know you love them because you didn't tell them or you haven't acted like it. You've not led them toward Christ because that was hard or scary or perhaps because you don't know Jesus yet. Some of you have not shown your children what it looked like to be faithful to the wife that God's given you. Listen to me. It's not too late. Do not leave here today without giving your life to Jesus Christ and changing the direction of your family forever. I'm talking about joy today. Fathers, you can bring joy to your home. Let's just finish this. Hold on. Listen. Be a man today. Stand up in just a few minutes when we give an invitation. And do what men do. Men accept responsibility. Stand up today. And accept responsibility for leading your family spiritually. Accept responsibility if you haven't done it. Admit your wrong. Allow your wife and children to see you accept that responsibility. Let them see you make a commitment. It will be the scariest thing you've ever done. But you will find joy this Christmas season in the arms of Christ. God's the Father who will never fail you, dads. If you failed, you can still turn it around. And finally, this morning, Jesus is the leader your heart longs for. Imagine a politician who never lets you down. I brainstormed today, and I haven't come up with one. I mean, I I went back to Winston Churchill, but I was reminded that Churchill was driven out of office. Twice. I mean, the the closest that I think that I can come is is to, to reflect back on George W. Bush in the days right after the September 11th tragedy. 
I, I think that his approval rating at that point was somewhere like 75, 78%, something like that. Keep in mind, he's leading the country through an unbelievable time of trial. And there's still 25, 28% of the country that says this guy doesn't know what he's doing. There's still somebody that felt like he had let them down. Folks, Jesus is the leader that your heart longs for. Some of you have been threatened to just do away and, and give up on church and on Christ because you've been let down over and over and over again. Jesus is a leader who doesn't lie, who doesn't fail, and who never gives up. And you ready? Watch. He has not given up on you. He hasn't. How do I know you're here? He's given you an opportunity today to hear about His love for you, about the hope you can have in Him. He's given you an opportunity today to be reminded that He longs to forgive you for your sin and to bring you into His family. He has not given up. Why would you quit if he hasn't? Do you have joy this Christmas season? I mean like real joy. I mean, Do, do you have that, that sort of joy that people just go, what in the world is wrong with you? That's what I want y'all to have. Seriously. I want y'all to have the kind of bubbly, effervescent, Alka-Seltzer kind of bubbling out joy that causes the whole wide world to go, man, there's just something a little weird about y'all. There's just something not quite right there. I think I may have shared with y'all before, but uh, I remember getting my hair cut not too long ago. and. Uh, me and my boys, and, and uh, we were sharing with the girl that's cutting her hair about something that we were doing for somebody in our church. I just never, she stopped, like stopped. She said, why are y'all so nice? Let me tell you about Jesus. He kind of did a thing, you know. But I, I want y'all to be able to find that joy. But listen, you don't have to go looking for it. It came looking for you. Jesus is the joy who has sought you out. He came to earth to set you free and to set your feet on the solid rock that is Jesus Christ. And in this place, in this very place, right here at Malvern Hill Baptist Church, in this sanctuary, you can find the joy that Jesus brought into Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. Because here today, you can actually... Accept Him as your Lord and Savior. Here today, you can commit your life to that Christ who came and lived and died for you and for me. And here today, you can find the joy, not just of a mother with the birth of her child, the joy of a sinner set free by the death, burial, and resurrection of the Savior of the world who reigns supreme today, who will never let you down, and who died to give you hope and joy and a future. 
So much threatens to rob us of our joy at Christmas. But folks, your joy can only be robbed at Christmas if your joy is rooted in something other than the Christ of Christmas. I can't wait to preach to you next Sunday, by the way. I can't wait to preach to you next Sunday because that sermon is ready. And I wanted to preach it today because I'm so excited. I'm so eager to tell you about the hope and the joy that Jesus has and that there is a home for you with Christ. But before we get there, I want you to hear me today. You can have joy. The light has shone. The sun has been given. And the reign of Christ is supreme. And the only thing robbing you of your joy today is you. Is your unwillingness to look to the light and accept the joy and the love of Jesus Christ. So what is our invitation this morning? Will you have joy? I mean, like seriously. Would you have joy? Husband, father, will you stand up today and find joy with Christ? Will you step out today and give your life to Jesus Christ and begin a journey of joy for your family? There's some of you here today who have been hopeless, but you found hope in Jesus Christ. Would you come today? Take that step towards membership in church, towards baptism. And if we're just honest, there's some of you today that think I've just been a little bit brash because you walked in here beat up. And you said, Pastor, I'd like to have joy, but you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what the week's been like. You don't know what the month has been like. You don't know what the year's been like. See, you talk about finding joy and finding a heavenly father as though it's easy, but you don't understand how mixed up and messed up I am. You don't know how hard it's been. Jesus came for the hard cases. And I promise you this. You're not too messed up for him. And it doesn't matter what others have done to you. Jesus died to set you free from the chains that they have wrapped you in. Jesus died to set you free from the sins of others that have held you captive. The prison of your depression or sadness or loneliness may be very real and I may not be able to understand it I don't 
understand what it's like to live in a difficult marriage. I don't understand what it's like to not have a great home life. I don't understand many of these things. But y'all, what I understand is that Jesus died for you. And what I hope today is that you would not let one more minute pass by without you embracing the joy of Christ. He came to set you free and to give you joy. So please today, come find joy. Lay your burdens at this altar if you'd like to pray. Trust Christ. Join with me in prayer. Lord God, we love you and praise you and thank you. Father God, I know that Joy to the World was written as a a retelling, a, a reinterpretation of Psalm 98 that urges us to make a new song. Father God, I pray that today there would be somebody whose song would be written. As, Father God, their life has changed in Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, that you would um, help all of us here to overcome our pride, to surrender to Christ today. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand with us as we sing. And would you come as the Lord calls.